0: Welcome to the Awareness Offerings Podcast, a weekly offering of yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. I'm your host, Laura Tara Davy Joplin. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, spiritual social media strategist, and integrative counselor working to integrate the principles of the spiritual path into every aspect of my work and my life. This podcast is an extension of that work as I navigate the world as a white woman devotee of yoga, living at many intersections of privilege, living in the West, and trying to live with awareness. Thank you for joining me in this work. You're listening to episode 55 When the Love is Real with Casey Diane. Welcome to the Awareness Offerings Podcast, and this week's offering is a really special one. I'm excited to share that for the second time in the history of this podcast, I am joined by a guest. I sat down for a really lovely and rich and kind of gift of a conversation with my good friend, Casey Diane, who is a creative, a writer, an entrepreneur, among many other things, just a really deep and multifaceted human being with a lot of wisdom. And I am really grateful to know her and grateful that I get to kind of offer her some space to share her wisdom with the group of people who listen to this podcast. So I hope you feel as blessed as I do uh, to know her by the end of our interview. We sat down and we talked about creativity and spirituality and how the two intersect, the writing process and how it really kind of gives us space to engage deeply with our humanness and with the sacred We talked about love. We talked about her newest book called When the Love is Real, which is about love, among many other things. At the end of the podcast, Casey shares more about how you can find her books and keep up with her, so please do, and she is the one who shares this week's practice. She offers us a really sweet way of practicing together, so a little bit of a different format this week, but one I am incredibly excited to share with you because I had an amazing time, you know, helping to co-create this and I'm really grateful to Casey for coming on the show. So without further ado, please enjoy my talk on When the Love is Real with Casey Diane. Here I am. Okay. Hi Casey hi <laughs> we made it to zoom land <laughs> we did we did i was for sure on google meets just hanging out <laughs> i love it we were both doing the same thing just in two different digital universes because i was i was on zoom hanging out so i'm glad we made it <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah how are you today i'm okay yeah I'm okay
1: yeah
0: yeah just getting it done getting it done okay mm-hmm. Heard mm-hmm. that. Well, yeah. thank you for joining me and for being on the Awareness Offerings podcast. I'm really excited. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to start by just like naming that we met through our yoga community, and then we've had some additional adventures since mm-hmm. then. And I've had the chance to witness you as a just like this creative, just you, a person with so many avenues of creation and creativity. So I'm wondering if you'll just start off by maybe saying a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. um, um, (laughs) Yeah, I am a writer. I love it. That's how I process and how I deal and how I just kind of um, take, it's how I take big things and make them manageable for mm. me. Um, and so I've written a couple of poetry books. That's like my favorite medium. Um, and I started off doing uh, I started off doing spoken word, which is so much fun. Um, like the crowd and the energy and just like telling your story to strangers is a really fun way of starting. Mm. Um, and then I kind of moved more towards writing books because um, I realize that I'm more of, like, a page poet than a mm-hmm. on-the-stage poet, which, okay. um, and both are beautiful. I think it's just when you're on the stage, um, there's a lot of performance in it where mm-hmm. you're, like, you're saying a poem and then you have to, like, feel it so the audience can feel it, and it's mm-hmm. just, like, this really big transferring of energy, and mm-hmm. then, like, it's a, you memorize your poems and you say them again and again. Um, and for me, that wasn't super helpful for what I was trying to do. Like I was writing to get things out of me. Hmm. Um, but then when I had to like memorize them and then like be in the same place I was when I wrote them over and over again, it wasn't, it wasn't really helping me do what I wanted to do, which was move through things. Hmm. And so I started writing poetry for books so I can just be like, I'm feeling all the things. Let me work through them. Let me um, try to say them in a way where maybe other people can understand and relate because there's like this first version where you write solely for yourself and you just like, get it out of your body. And then I have an editor who is wonderful, who's like, this makes sense to you, but to nobody else. So maybe, <laughs> you, can, maybe you can clean it up so that other people can understand. Um, and then I go into the second draft where I'm like, how can I write this so that Um, it's more relatable to more people because once you put things out there, it's no longer yours. Mm -hmm. Like everyone has a chance to kind of put their spin on it. They have their own history, their own way of interpreting things. And so there's a, there's a little bit of like saying goodbye to your story. Once Mm -hmm. you put it in the book and put it out there for people, it's like, this is, my offering this is my interpretation and then people take it and they're like I see you said this but I heard x y and z yeah. and they related to their stories and so there's like a ne- an extra step of letting go once you allow people to kind of like put their own spin on your stories um and that's I think that's the biggest thing that I've had to come to um just kind of get used to it's like when people come to me and they're like I read this and I heard x y and z and I was like I was not thinking (laughs) when I wrote that at all but I but I love that people can pull things from it that helps them like um that I feel like that's a really good thing about writing in general is that you can write something one time and then the next time you read it you can get something completely different from it. And then if you're in another stage in your life years later, you get something completely different from it again, because it kind of meets you where you are. Um, And so that's, that's been my journey with poetry. Like I, I love it. It's just, it's, it's my go-to therapy. It's my go-to way of Mm -hmm. communicating. It's my go-to way of like showing love for other people when I try to write things for them. I'm like, I don't I'm not very good at like clippy comebacks, but I can write you a real good poem. Just give oh, me a couple hours. That's um, so
0: lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I hear you speaking to a lot of different like realities and phases in your process and like the process of creation in general. And it's really interesting to hear you talk about how when. Your, your writing and creativity is a performance that didn't quite resonate with you as much because you're using this to move energy and to release. And it sounds like it you have to stay in the place that you're actually trying to get out of in order to perform it out loud for other people.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really, like I used to go to National Poetry Slam and it is amazing. It's mm. just like poets from all over the world and they just like love on each other. Like it's beautiful um, but people shared some really, really hard things in yeah. their poems and, and it makes you feel closer to them. But it's also like, man, this is, you're like crying on stage and this is your third time having to say this poem like this week or something like that. So like, it's just, it's all about what you want to use it for. Yeah. Like, um, some people are like, this is the story that helps the most people. So this is the story that I'm going to tell. Yeah. And it is wonderful. Um, and so I, I do think there are different, you got to know what your goals are when you're writing, because it's not a one size fits all thing. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, what are you trying to do? And what are you trying to accomplish?
0: Yeah. And it's, it's reminding me of conversations I hear a lot about. And I really have recently in like the space of therapy, which is kind of my wheelhouse where it's like, when we're talking about, you know, trauma and healing, the idea that if we're just going to sit and talk and talk and talk about past experiences and difficult experiences that might be keeping us stuck in that place rather than like actually moving the energy. And it sounds like you found a way to own your writing and kind of be in that space where it's a movement of energy and you're not keeping yourself, you know, stuck anywhere. So I find that really fascinating and really, really helpful.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I, I find you. it helpful too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you spoke to the fact that there are moments where you kind of have to, you have this raw draft and then there's a little bit of translation in the process of how can I make this most relatable? I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing an example of, of one of those transitions where you kind of, there was this raw gem of material and then you translated it um, yeah, for other people.
1: Yeah. Um, so most of my poems start with the free write, which mm-hmm. is kind of like, um, and I wrote in my first book, I wrote a book, I wrote a poem about how to free write. And it's just basically like you just sit with the paper and you just like pour all of your thoughts on it. And it doesn't always make sense and it doesn't always flow really well. Um, sometimes you'll get some gems in there, but a lot of the times it's just getting all the words onto the paper. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then you kind of rearrange it to make it make sense.
0: yeah.
1: Um, and sometimes it's in the rearranging, like sometimes I'll write like 20 drafts of the same poem just to be like, this is it. Um, because sometimes I feel like whatever it is that you're trying to get out is still in there. Mm-hmm. And so the more you move it around, the more you work with it, the more you like, it's kind of like you're wrestling with the poem a little Mm -hmm. bit where you're like, no, I want you to say this. And it's like, I want to say this right now. And I'm like, no, I am feeling blah, 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 blah. And so it's just a a lot of wrestling. Um, And one of the poems recently um, I wrote was about um, a a recent breakup and um, beautiful man. So that's what made it so hard. He was just so gorgeous. Like, Mm -hmm. It's, it was a tough one. Um, and so a lot of the writing was just talking about how um, like, I wish you knew me better. I wish we had ended better. I wish we communicated better. I wish all these things that I wished for us to be able to make it work. Yeah. Um, and then when I got it to the editor, she was like, I can feel how much you love him, but I'm not feeling how like at the end you're saying that you moved on, but the way you're writing shows that you have not like the poem is not conveying the message that you were trying to express. Okay. And so just kind of thinking about, okay, um, great. I guess I have to wrestle a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: And so, cause oftentimes like I can only give what I have. And so if, if she's asking me for something and I think that I'm somewhere that I'm not like an editor is really good at saying, you think you're here, but you're not here yet. Yeah. why don't you go back and like wrestle some more? Um, And then in that process, I kind of look at the inconsistencies. I'll look at the repetitiveness. I'll look at <laughs> sometimes it's nonsensical where like, I'm thinking I'm making sense. It's just, it's just not. Um, and then in that, trying to clean it up and trying to remove the inconsistencies and trying to remove the repetitiveness and trying to come to the conclusion that I think that I'm at, that I actually get to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just, it, honestly, it's it's just wrestling with the poems. It's, it's, sometimes it just needs more work and you have to put more time into it and you have to look at it from an outsider's perspective because on the inside, I'm like, I feel this way. Um, but if my work is not conveying that, then I must not actually be where I think I am. Yeah, and so it's super helpful to have an outsider's perspective like the editor's job in the writing process is just um i feel like she's kind of like a translator between like who you're writing and your audience yeah and so she's the one who can be like you're not speaking a language they can understand just yet um mm-hmm. and that's just because you have more work to do um and it's it's wonderful but um, but yeah, but when the rec- in the most recent book, um, I wrote a piece about how much I'm just like we're done and she's like you're not done
0: (laughs) yeah I mean do work on it (laughs) you use the word wrestling and like that's that's an intense word but it sounds like it's an intense process because it's like surface level it's like oh yeah I'm just translating my language so it's more accessible to other people but digging a little deeper it's like oh that's a wild process of self-inquiry and self-awareness having someone mirror back to you like hey you think that you've arrived in this place and I'm going to lovingly tell you that you haven't. Like that's yes. a kick in the butt.
1: <laughs> it is. And that's a really good word. mirroring. That's exactly mm. what she is. She's just kind of like, Ooh, girl, no, you are not as cute as you think. You are." <laughs> go change your clothes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. And I mean, it just, it really strikes me, you know, I've been working with the energy of creativity for a couple of years and just how, you know creative process is is so personal so deep and so spiritual which also means it's incredibly challenging and messy and muddy and all of these things
1: yeah, yeah. it is not for the faint of heart <laughs> like it is and I, and I feel like sometimes people um, like spirituality and creativity go so close like are like hand in hand and so like, sometimes there's like a little bit of woo-woo too. Cause sometimes I feel like when I say the poems don't come from me and I've heard this, when you speak about like, mm-hmm. when you're teaching yoga and you're like, I didn't say this, it came from somewhere else. Like right. I have that same experience where sometimes, sometimes I write poems. And it's it's me. I'm just like, I'm wrestling. And then other times it's I'm translating, translating. Mm-hmm. Other times I feel like I'm just holding the pen and then whatever spirit is in there is just kind of like this is what needs to be said at this moment and I just have to like catch it like my whole job is to catch the poem Mm. um and so there's a couple different ways to get to them and usually when I'm catching the poem it comes out the way it's supposed to come out and there isn't really a need for a lot of revisions okay like maybe some touching up on grammar or whatever but like typically when I'm catching the poem it's just kind of like just do what I asked you to do. I'm like, okay, I will do yeah. what I'm asked to do. Um, but it, it, is a, it is definitely um, a growing process. Um, mm. And I think that's what I love the most about it. Because um, when I was younger, and I would have like lots of emotions, my mom would be like, I, you just you need to go sit in your room and just like figure that out because I don't really know what's happening. And I'm just yeah. like, okay. Um, and part of me figuring out whatever was happening was writing. So, mm-hmm. from a very young age, that's how I learned how to process, was just mm-hmm. to kind of sit with it and like wrestle with it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what it is like, spirituality and creativity. It's both, I, I feel like, in my own experience, but like spirituality, it's never been like a, like a, I mean, it's beautiful and like the way, some art is beautiful where you're like, man, that took a lot of work and you can see all the things that went into it, but it's not like easy and it's not always, um, pretty. Like it may end up looking beautiful, but it might look real ugly in the process. Like the process is messy. Um, and just kind of, I think the older I get, the more I expect it to be messy Mm. and the less I I judge myself less for when it's when it gets real, like when I'm not real cute doing it. I'm just like, man, I am, I am going through it and yes. it is, it is messy and it is very uncomfortable, but we're here. Yeah. We're trying and I think the beauty comes in the trying, the beauty comes in the wrestling, the beauty comes in the 20 drafts before it's like, okay, this is something that someone else can appreciate. Yeah. Um, And so I, I, that's just, that's just part of the journey.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear you speaking to, in my, you know, awareness, like the deepest kind of authenticity where it's Mm -hmm. like, we're not here for this like love and light, you know, surface level stuff. It's going to be messy. And then it sounds like in your process, you have the space to both, have experience deeply human experiences and like see yourself and be with yourself but also experiences of the sacred when it's just moving through you and it just sounds like this really powerful container for for your authentic human process
1: it is yeah Yeah, I I think it is like um Being a human is not as easy as I would have (laughs) thought it was going to be.
0: (laughs) I can relate. I can relate. Um, And on that note, I wanted to also ask about something else you shared kind of when you were initially sharing your process about, you know, the putting out of your work into the world and how that there's a sense of letting go when -hmm. that happens, um, because people are going to receive it, how they're going to receive it, and it's not yours anymore. And when you said letting go, my curiosity kind of sparked and I'm wondering if there's grief associated with letting go of your work and putting it into the world in that way.
1: Yeah. Um, I, yeah, that's, it's part of it. Mm. I, um, so tiny segue, like I recently added, I added to my tattoo. Okay. um, And he asked me what I wanted to add. And so I added, lilies and ferns and lilies are like a representation of like mourning, like when you're just kind of like letting go of something, but like ferns are supposed to represent like new life.
0: yeah. And so that's
1: kind of how I feel whenever I write something where I'm like, there's definitely a mourning process because um, it is letting go. Like anytime you put anything out into the world, there's a certain level of vulnerability. There's Mm -hmm. a certain level of, you know, it may or may not be accepted. People may or may not view you the way you would like to be viewed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just a morning of, I guess this perception of how I would like to be received. Yeah, um, But then there's also like the beauty of I let that go. now I can move on. Like now I can start something new. now I can I can know. And I think the biggest thing that gives me solace is like, I really do feel like I was put here to write. Like mm-hmm. I, I honestly feel that that is part of my calling or whatever. Yeah. Um and so whatever comes of it comes of it. Like I'm my biggest thing like when I fir- when I wrote my first book, I did not want to write it. I was like I have tons of journals. This is plenty. This is plenty enough. And I just kept hearing um I just kept hearing God saying like that's that's not what I want for you. I mm-hmm. need to do a little bit more. And it was—I don't want to say he was pestering me, but that's kind of how I felt. I kind of felt like it was a consistent, like, "This is not why I gave this to you. Mm. Like, I gave this to you to give it to other people, Mm. and you just have to deal with your feelings on how you get it to them." Because all the insecurities, all that is self-doubt, like you just—you just got to work through it. Because you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, And so that's kind of how I feel when I put out a book. It's kind of like. I find solace knowing that like I did what I came here to do Mm. Um, and it will be received how it's received and how people interpret it is really not my business like I did my part and and I know good and well that they may read it one day and feel one way about it and then 20 years later they'll read and be like oh I see what she meant Um, but like that's their journey and that's their interpretation and I feel like Just like when I read other people's work, I'll read something. I'll be like, I don't really like this right now. And then later I'll be like, oh, after something will happen in my life, I'll be like, oh, it hits me different. I get it it, now. I receive it differently. Mm -hmm. Um, And if that happens, that happens. Great. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But I did my part. And that's Mm -hmm. what kind of gives me the courage to keep putting stuff out there.
0: Yeah. I'm, like,
1: I'm, I'm doing my part. Gosh, darn it. I am very <laughs> uncomfortable. Most of the time <laughs> I am doing my part. And uh, yeah. that's all I can do.
0: I love it. And for those of you at home, Casey has this amazing botanical tattoo on her forearm yeah. that we got the inspiration for on a hike. So it's super cool to hear that you added to it. And it, it kind of feels like a representation of the fact that there is a sense of mourning of full ownership of your work, but there's also a sense that you, it's not in, it's not living in you anymore, those things that you're working with. And then that sense of completion where it's like, I did what I came to do and Mm -hmm. it's none of my business what happens now, which of course reminds me of this quote from, from Ma, from the, kind of the, the head teacher in our yoga lineage who would say you gotta give without looking to see who's taking and it really just feels like you live as an embodiment of that and like you said it takes a lot of courage
1: yeah it really does yeah and you did you did inspire my original tattoo because like (laughs) you we were on the hike and you were like you should get this right here (laughs) and I promise you I could not stop seeing it
0: I was just like I need to get this tattoo like I just have to get it
1: Um, listen Yes.
0: I love that because in so much of my work, I am cautioned against, for good reason, like advice giving or any kind of thing. So I'm like, oh, am I being bossy? But you know what? If it turns out beautifully, it turns out beautifully. It so I'm happy. <laughs> yes. And if it resonates, it resonates. I like, love I've, it. Given, I've been given plenty of advice. I'm like, no thanks.
1: But like, if it resonates, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. yes. This yeah. is for me.
0: That one was for me. We've been creatively visioning for a long time, so I love it. Um, yeah. So you've you've put out two books now, right? And and your second one is recent. It's when the love is real. Yeah, I've actually put out.
1: I put out a lot of books. I put oh. out five books. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've been I've been writing since like 2016, or I've been publishing since 2016. Amazing. Um yeah the the latest one is when the love is real. Yes. Um, and uh that one is um so it's broken up into three parts. Yes. Um, the first part is when the love is real. Mm. Um the second part is when the love is good and the third part is when the love is right. Um mm. and the first part um is dedicated to uh just a guy that I just love So, so genuinely, Um, but we just could not, we just could not get it together for whatever reason, just, we just couldn't get it together. Um, And so the first part is me literally wrestling with like, should I continue to try to do things with this person? Should I just like let it go? Um, And the last line is, I can't keep saying goodbye to you. This has to be the last time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of, um, where I ended with, with that, and and it's hard to say goodbye. Like, yes, especially when when the love is real. Like when I mm-hmm. when you genuinely love somebody and you're like, but I don't want to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. I want you in my life forever, but this isn't working.
0: Yeah,
1: and just kind of acknowledging like I wasn't yeah. I wasn't really the best for him, and he wasn't the best for me. And just kind of acknowledging that like that's okay. Like you can love somebody and it not work out you can love somebody and and still let them go and still love Mm -hmm. them like um and so a lot of times I find myself like when I can't sleep and I'm thinking about him I'm just kind of like I love you I love you I love you goodbye 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 Mm -hmm. just kind of like both can coexist like yes just because I have to say goodbye does not mean I do not love you yeah um and so but writing that part was a real When it comes down to wrestling, I tell you, I was like rolling up my sleeves, like, oh my goodness. I really, have to to make different choices. I was like, you've done, you have to make new choices now. Um, And so the second part was about the one that came after and it was such a a different experience. Like it was just so much ease where there was conflict. and just the dichotomy of that was really striking to me like i'm fighting for this love but when you move on to something else like there are other good things out there like it was definitely not the same but it was also good like it was yeah. it was sweet and tender and like just super encouraging like even if like even if it didn't last for as long as i would have liked it to last like it was still needed and and beautiful and just kind of, the second poem was just kind of all about honoring, um, you know, the good things that come when you let go. Like yeah. there, are, there, are, there are so many good things in this world and we can't, you can't grab onto something else if you're holding on to the old thing. Like you have to create space for it. Um, and then the last part when the love is right was when, when the good love broke up with me and I was just like "Ugh!" and in my head I was like man this sucks um but then also I was like something else will come Mm -hmm. um but the last part was just kind of acknowledging um when the love is right is when I I wrote the poems mainly about myself and Mm -hmm. like what now kind of thing like how do you deal with the grief um because there was a lot of it because there was genuine love for both of these people yeah and so there's this one line where it talks about like the ache of yesterday how like i have to hold on tight to today because the ache of yesterday like tugs at me um and just kind of sitting with that and allowing myself to just miss people and just know that um missing people is a good thing. Like it's not something that's, that should be ran away from. It's like, it's proof that I loved. It's proof Mm -hmm. that I loved genuinely. Um, And I should be proud of that. I should be proud that I was like brave enough to love someone. I was was proud that I like opened myself up enough to be hurt by somebody because it's Mm -hmm. so easy to just be like, no thanks. And just kind of like stay close forever. Yeah. Um, And so the last part was, just kind of acknowledging that, like you did good, like you tried, you put yeah. yourself out there, you were you are open, you were loving, you were genuine with these people and, um, and you still have you. Like I am still, I am still here. I still have love for myself. Um, and I still have like the love of my family and my friends. Like I'm still like, there's nothing lacking here. Um, and just having to remind myself that like, even though love didn't work out the way I had hoped it would, I still am not lacking love. I still have love in my life. Yeah. Um, and so it was it was such like a needed book. Like it was so needed for me. like yeah, um, And like on nights I'm just kind of like, I should call him. I like read the book and to remind myself that you already did that. Like you already, <laughs> you already slipped back into that hole and it didn't work out the way you wanted to. So like, right. please make new mistakes. Like you made those mistakes, make some new mistakes now. Um, and so, and that's another big piece of writing. It's just like it's a reminder to myself that, Yeah. like this is how far you've come. This is what you've already learned. Um, these are the things that you can like carry with you into your next chapter. Like you don't have to keep relearning them. Like, mm. You're good.
0: So how powerful that you have this like manifest tangible sort of reminder of that. Like mm-hmm. that's, I, I'm so struck by you don't have to keep relearning those lessons because you've done the work to sit and wrestle with it in this profound way. And now it exists and it's such a meditation on living from an open heart. Mm-hmm. And when we sat, when we were sitting on my couch about to watch Brandy Cinderella, yes. um, and you told me about <laughs> the three phases and, and parts of this book, I was just so, it, it was just, I was so struck by that structure of when the love is real, when the love is good, when the love is right. Um, mm-hmm. And just, meditating on what that could mean for you, for us, for me, for anybody. Um, And it sounds like from what you've described, you know, when the love is real is a lot about letting go, you know, being willing to let go of people, but not love and knowing that love doesn't go away. And then when the love is good, it's like a receiving, just receiving sweetness and goodness and knowing that those things exist. And then, you know, when the love is right, it's remembering that you embody love.
1: That's a really wonderful something. Like, <laughs> I I love that. That's just like, that is the book in the nutshell. And I love mm. that. Um, yeah, because yeah, it's... <sighs> it's <sighs> loving people is so like good and annoying and just, like necessary. <laughs> um, and I was saying to my friend the other day, I was, like, ugh, I was like, my need for love is just like really cramping my style because like <laughs> I... <laughs> Like you need it. Like and that and I, I feel like part of writing that book was just acknowledging like that. Um, especially the the last part when I talked about the love is right. There's this piece where I, I talked about how to just like not judge myself for wanting to be loved by other people. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like we like at least myself, sometimes I'm just like, ugh, I shouldn't even I shouldn't be it shouldn't take so much to get over this person. Like right. it's a person. There are other people out there. Mm-hmm. Um But just kind of like giving myself grace for being human. Like, we want it. Like, we all crave love. Like, that's a really big part of our existence. So, that's a really big part of um, community, like, our desire for community and friendship. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's we have community and friendships because we desire connection. Right. Um, And so, desire romantic partnership is not something to be ashamed of. That's part of being human. Yeah. Um, and then yeah it's it's a it's hard it's hard being a human um
0: yeah. but we persist that you know? might be what I title this episode it's hard being a human with, <laughs> K- with Casey Diane um I like it but yeah like- I mean it, I'm really I feel so aware of that that reality especially if if we're on any kind of like spiritual path be it one that's rooted in like yoga and meditation or the church or however we might access that there is this dichotomy if where it's like there's the sacred love and then there's romantic love. And it's so easy to get in our heads about the fact that the two have to oppose each other and that one can only take up more space than the other, or that like, we're, we're too attached if we want love. Um, but you're speaking to the truth that it's actually a really profoundly human thing to want to be loved. And it can be deeply sacred when we just acknowledge that about ourselves and allow that mm. for ourselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, it took a lot of the pressure off
0: for mm. like, for
1: days where I'm just like, man, I really miss this person yeah, and just, just miss them. Like yeah. I was, was like watching like eat, pray, love on the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the line she was talking about, she was talking to like her ex-husband in a dream or whatever. Okay. And he was like, but I still love you. And she's like, so love me. And he's like, but I miss you. And she's like, so miss me. Like, mm. it's fine. Right. Like, it's fine um and I feel like when you just kind of go through it like just love the person right or miss the person and then keep moving because mm. you don't have a choice like uh, that's a really big part of um moving on is just like life continues with or without you so yeah. you might as well just get up and keep going like and you and you bring those people along with you like I and I and I love that. Like I, um, I know I feel like that. It it gives me a little bit of um, peace of mind knowing that this person that I love so much will always be part of me. Like mm. they impacted me in such a way that like I will never not love them. Right. Like I may not love them as loudly as I loved them when I was with them, but I will always love them. Mm. Um, and just kind of knowing that that's that's a really, it's a wonderful thing. Cause
0: yeah. I don't know.
1: And I, and I hope they still feel my love for them. Like, yeah. just, because it's, it was, if it's real, it's always going to be there. It mm. just won't be as loud.
0: Yeah. There's comfort in knowing that if it feels this way to me, because this person had an impact on me, it probably feels that way to them in yeah. some degree and nothing has to be changed or fixed. It's just something to be experienced. Yes. Exactly. Nothing has to be changed or fixed. I like that a lot. Mm.
1: It happens the way it happens.
0: It does. And, and just, I feel struck by about the fact that hearing about your process, especially with this book is just really affirming for me that when we, when we practice our kind of our medicine of creativity, whatever that might be, you know, it was writing or art or, you know, Song or whatever it might be that it gives us the chance to really consciously engage with our stuff so that we don't have to like keep learning the same lessons over and over again. And that's a really <laughs> enticing thing to think about.
1: <laughs> yes, oh gosh, yes, i I don't know about you, but like sometimes I just get over my own self. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so tired of dealing yeah. with you right now. Like we have already talked about this. We have already said all these things, like no yeah do something else yes um and that's one of the last things um when i was writing this book a big thing that came up for me is like i really could hear god telling me to just like move and i'm like okay where where do i move to should i like leave the country should i leave the state like where are we going (laughs) um and like i was applying for things out of out of everywhere and like nothing nothing was working and I was like, okay, great. You don't want me to leave Georgia. Okay, fine. So like how do you want me to move? Mm-hmm. And I what I learned is that there are so many ways to just kind of like move through things. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of moving my body. Like I went hiking a lot. Like I went hiking with you. I went hiking with other people. I went hiking by myself. I was just yeah. like, I have to just like move. So there's lots of ways to kind of move through the things that happen to us in our life or move through the things that we're feeling like. It could be writing, if my thing's writing, so that's part of the way that I move through things. I try mm-hmm. to transfer really big things onto the page so I can get them out of my body. Like that's one way that I move. Um, but that's not everybody's thing. And so like some people, it's, my cousin asked me, he was like, why is it in every movie, like when someone goes through a breakup, they just start going to the gym? Like Why mm-hmm. is that? Like, why is everyone just trying to like transform their body? And I'm just kind of like, I think it's because it's another way of moving energy. Like you're Mm -hmm. just like whatever feelings that you're feeling, um, you can get them out by doing something hard. Like lifting something heavy is a really good way of moving energy through your body Mm -hmm. or like climbing a mountain and continuing to climb when you're tired and hot and sweaty and you sort of sit down, but you keep on climbing. Like that's a way of moving the energy from your body, like doing really hard things, like getting a new job, like <laughs> that joke about how like when women break up, they get like a new job and they like buy a new house and then mm-hmm. they get like, like they just do all the things. Yeah. Um, but it's just another way of just kind of like placing that energy somewhere else in a productive way so that it carries you somewhere new. And right. eventually if you keep moving, you're moving because you want to and not you have to like right sometimes it's like I am I am like there are a couple of times um, when I felt just such immense like just sadness and just like um and I was just kind of like it was I had a choice to either just like really sink into it and like stay in bed all day or like get my butt up and like do something right and that's why I made myself go hiking every day for like the month after, um after the love is good one, like, I was just like, oh, let's just get on this trail right quick, because we cannot stay in bed all day, like, we have to do something different, we have to move this energy, Mm. and eventually, um, I didn't have to climb mountains, I wanted to, because I enjoyed it, I didn't have to go to the gym, because I had to, like, do it to keep from staying in bed, I did it, because I enjoyed it, Um, and so, I think that's part of you have to keep going. And then yeah. once you keep going, you want to keep going. Like at some point you're no longer forcing yourself. At some point you're just like, oh, I actually like this. I actually, yeah. this gives me something that I wasn't getting before. Um, and I don't like when people, um, I don't know. I, I feel like there are things that people say, um, like they're like cliche, that, cliche things that people say to just kind of, like, make themselves feel like they're being helpful, but they're not really helpful. Mm -hmm. Like, when they're like, you have to love yourself more. I'm like, y'all, I love myself plenty. My heart is broken. Can I just be sad for a second? That's not the, that's not always the answer. Um, Or, like, when you stop looking, you'll appear, and I'm just like, I don't, I've been, girl, Girl, I've been out here. I've been right. in these streets for a good long bit,
0: man. Like we've I looked, we've not looked, we've tried it all. <laughs> like if you don't
1: know, just say you don't know. You right. know, like if you don't like, cause nobody really knows. Yeah. Um. And and a friend of mine was talking about how um, how she just doesn't know why not her. Like as far as like lifelong partnership, mm. she has her sister who's been married for forever. Um, And she's like, we both had the same, we had similar life experiences. Like I don't understand why she found her person and I haven't found mine. And I feel like sometimes we can feel like we can internalize like this unworthiness Mm -hmm. of not being chosen, of not being able to find someone who can last, like who can stand the test of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had to tell her what I told myself when I was feeling like, what the heck is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And that's just, I don't, and the answer is nothing. The answer is that life doesn't always make sense and there's not always a right answer and there's mm-hmm. not always a formula that you can follow to kind of get the things you want out of life, especially things like partnership. Like it's not like you can go to school and then you get a degree at the end. Like you don't right. like, take a class and then you get a husband at the end. Like that's <laughs> not how life works. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, and so I think it's just kind of What helped me was just kind of acknowledging that there is a little bit of, like, randomness to life. Like, I would like to think that things, all things make sense, but, like, not everything makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then not everything is for me to understand as well. Um, And so one of the things that I've been doing is just kind of, like, how do I... part of when I was writing the book, part of it for me was like, well, then what now? Like I had Mm -hmm. my whole mindset on, um, there's a line where I'm like, I really thought I'd be married by now. I really thought I'd be somebody's mom. Um, and like the thought of it just really, really stings. Yeah. Um, and so part of when I was writing the book, it was a lot of like, okay, what now? Like if my goal was to get married and have kids and I can't really control when someone, decides to love me and have kids with me Mm. what what do I do um and that that honestly had me stuck for a bit like what am I supposed to do where how do I move forward um and so one of the things that I have been doing is just like um I guess giving myself new goals that things that I can control like I can write books I can Mm. climb mountains I can and I've just been applying for other things. Like I really love writing. So I'm like, how do I do this to the next level? Yeah. And so I signed up for like some film writing class. So yeah. maybe I'll write some movies or whatever, like some, some digital babies. It's fine. Um.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that reframe. And I mean, it just sounds like the, what came to you is when you ask yourself, what now is like, just move, like keep moving through. Yeah. And that's all we can do.
1: It is. Yeah, it is. So it's um, writing is such a labor of love. Um, yeah. And it really does just kind of get me through things in a way like in COVID I wrote um, absurdly tiny steps because I just observed, observed, observed. I don't know why that word is so hard. For me. <laughs> <laughs> I witnessed so many things. Um, and just, again, i was writing the process like this is what I'm, this is what I'm receiving, and this is what I'm putting down. Mm. Um, and I feel like the process has been very similar for each of the books of poetry that I've written, where it's like, this is what I'm receiving, and this is what I need to put down. Mm. Um, and I feel like whatever type of creative avenue I choose to move forward in, it'll be the same type of process. You I'm like, yeah. And I think that's the beauty of creativity. It's like, you get to understand like how someone else interprets the world. Mm. And so whenever I like mm. listen to your podcast, I'm like, oh, this is, how, this is how she interprets the world. This is really cool. And it's just like a new way of like thinking about things. It's like looking at things from a different perspective.
0: Yeah. And
1: so, I mean, that's, as a creative, I guess that's all you can hope to give to the world is your perspective. Mm. And um, they do with it what they will.
0: Yeah, that's a beautiful kind of naming of what creativity means to you. It's like, all we can do is hope to give to the world our perspective. And I also really love as a tool, just the point of awareness of this is what I'm receiving. This is what I'm putting down. Like, that's such a grounding thing Mm -hmm. that we can take with us. That's like, okay, in this moment, especially if I'm feeling a lot, this is what I'm receiving. This is what I'm putting down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we usually close the awareness offerings podcast with some practice. And I already feel like we've kind of amassed all these tools, even just what we were just, just speaking about, about Mm -hmm. being aware of what we're receiving and putting down. But I'm wondering if you have any kind of practice that you want to share and everything is fair game when it comes. Yeah. I, um,
1: so I was thinking about Swami Jai Devi when she talked to us about meditation and she was talking about how like training your mind is like training a puppy and Mm -hmm. how it takes like infinite patience yeah um we were just like bringing it back um and I kind of wanted to offer something um just like a little bit different like I wanted to offer um just a chance to free write and just kind of explaining what the free writing process is for me I love it and how I kind of use it as meditation because sometimes uh sometimes my puppy does not want to sit down my puppy's (laughs) just kind of like no Here are the things yep um and so free writing is just kind of letting the puppy run around it's like these are all the thoughts that I have these are all the feelings that I'm feeling these are all the things that I'm trying to work through and just like writing them all down and without judgment just catching it basically and then just allowing your metaphorical puppy just kind of like tire itself out okay let me just say all the things let me just name everything that I'm feeling let me not try to shove it down. Let me not try to explain it away or judge myself for it or like criticize myself for it. Like let it just be what it is and just mm-hmm. kind of be an observer of my thoughts and just like um lovingly document it so that it can be heard. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes that's just a really big part. Sometimes you just want to be heard, even if it's by yourself, like yeah. even if it's you just hearing yourself. Um and so. An exercise that I would like to share is just, when you have 15 minutes or so, just put a timer, set a timer and just like write every single thought that you have for those 15 minutes. Um, And then just sit with it. Don't try to like fix it or explain it, just sit with it. Um, And then when you're done, close your notebook and you go about your life. Like the way of acknowledging putting it down, moving on.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that as, you know, free writing as meditation. And I really love that one just because it, it opens up the space for, you know, meditation, life is meditation, right? Because we don't always want to sit or can sit, or there's just, you know, there are any number of things that might make it really difficult or not you know, the most supportive thing for us to try to sit in a lotus pose and breathe and whatever it might be. And so this strikes me as another form of deep presence where it's like, I'm not actually trying to go anywhere else, but my mind, I'm just letting my mind be what it is and I'm seeing it for what it is. And just like we talked about not fixing it, not changing it, experiencing it. And then I'm putting it down. And that is that is practice. And it's such a cool avenue into practice that could be even more accessible than just, you know, taking a couple breaths for a minute or two. So thank you. Thank you for
1: that. Sure thing. Sure thing. I'm really excited. Thank you so much for just like having me here. This Yeah.
0: Thank you for this lovely conversation. And where can folks find your books and find you and keep up with your stuff?
1: Yeah. So I am, out, I'm on Instagram, um, yeah. Casey Diane, Wright. So K-A-C-I-D-I-A-F-E-W-R-I-T-E. I know how to spell. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's where I am on like all across all social media platforms. Okay. And then my books are on my website or on Amazon. The website will take you to Amazon, but like kcdiane.com is my website. Um, and all my books are there and all the things that I do. Yeah. So, and the
0: latest book is when the love is real
1: yeah man i'll take you
0: out (laughs) (laughs) i love it well thank you so much casey i really enjoyed getting to sit with you like this and and just receiving your creative perspective and and tools for living as a creative human in the world yes thank you so much you are so very welcome all right Thank you for joining me for this awareness offering and for going into embodied practice with me. You can find me on social media at Lara Tara, L-A-U-R-A-T-A-R-A on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. My intro and outro music was created by none other than my very own brother, Sun, O-X-E-L-A-S-U-N, whom you can also find on Instagram.